0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Well, good morning, one and all. Hallelujah. Thanksgiving week. Here it comes. And, and thank you folks for joining us online. We appreciate you being here. Let's pray. Father, just so thankful for you Thankful for your goodness, thankful for your mercy, thankful for you, Father God, that you first loved us. Thank you, Lord, that you sent your son, Jesus. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. We just give you praise this morning. We just thank you, Father God, that you've got a word for us. And we're just here to receive. And just to worship you and thank you for all that you've done. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name, amen. So just to start off... um, there's a couple songs, if you guys ever get a chance, should take a chance and listen to them on YouTube. One is called A Million Little Mir- Miracles. If you haven't heard that one, it's a great one. The other one is called I Thank God. And that is an awesome one. So let's go with our uh, with our scripture for this morning. Second Chronicles 5.13. Says it came even to pass, as the trumpeters and the singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking God. And when they lifted up their voices with trumpets and cymbals, and the excuse me, and the instruments of music, and praised the Lord, saying, "For He is good, and His mercy endures forever," that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. So. On the first week, I gave you some definitions of Thanksgiving. And um, it was just interesting that I'd missed this one, but this is a good one. Thanksgiving in the Greek. I want you guys to write this down, okay? Anthomologio <clears throat> me. So. <But laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't get around all the syllables, so it was... <laughs> but anyway, it, it means to acknowledge and celebrate fully. So in Thanksgiving. And today we're going to talk about Thanksgiving and peace. Last week we talked about Thanksgiving and joy. Today we're going to talk about Thanksgiving and peace. So there's three words <coughs> that's, uh, that I've come up with in... Um, through the knaves and through my uh, strongs and cordons, for peace. In the Hebrew, the word is shalom, and we've heard that often. And it signifies wholeness, full, finished, made perfect, and safe. Now, in the Greek, there's two words. The first one is Irene. So if you've named your daughter Irene or your name is Irene, It means to set at one again peace, quietness, and rest. It's a good name. And the second word is soteria. And actually, that means salvation and refers back to the peace offering of the Old Testament. So when they offered up the peace offering, they were offering up a salvation offering to the Lord. So let's go to Colossians 3. In verse 15. And it says, and let the peace of this is the King James, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be ye thankful. In the Amplified, it says, And let the peace, soul harmony, which comes from Christ's rule, act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which, as members of Christ's one body, you are also called to live. And be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. Now... uh, I think it was last year that I did a, uh, a series on The Bride. And so I was, I was reading this. And I was kind of thought I'd be stopping at that scripture, but then the Lord prompted me to go on. So starting in verse 16, it says, Let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. It says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children unto anger, lest they be discouraged. And servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service, as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And I was looking at that, and the Lord was bringing out that, you know, when when it says in the Scriptures how God set the members, when he set the members in a marriage, there are some things that he had specifically thought about. And when he thought about husband and wife, he thought about Christ and the church. Now, we read that in Ephesians. But the interesting thing, what we see when a society starts to break down, what we start to find out, or start to see, I should say, is that people begin to try to do role reversals, try to fight for a position that they shouldn't have. They're not thankful for where they were, so they're not at peace. So they try to find their peace by making things go their way now the interesting thing about this people get upset when they say "Well, wives submit unto your husbands but um, in the Amplified it says be subject to your husbands subordinate and adapt yourselves to them as is right and fitting and in your proper duty in the Lord now what does that mean? well we're the bride of Christ right? so what are we supposed to do? we're supposed to adapt ourselves to him where's our peace? when we adapt ourselves to him. So in a marriage, showing that, the wife showing the church's response to Christ, adapting, supporting, helping. And then it goes on to husbands. It says, husband, love your wives. Be affectionate and sympathetic with them. And do not be harsh or bitter, this is amplified, or resentful toward them. Christ, what did he do? He showed love. And he was willing to go the full distance for his bride. That's what men are called to do. You go the full distance for your bride. Now, some people try to get this thing, well, I, I'm a woman and I can be a man, or I'm a man and I can be a woman. <sighs> Sorry. But you know, the thing is, I got to look thinking about this the other day. I, was, <clears throat> I don't know why, but I was just noticing some of the scars on my hands. And on my arms and stuff, and you know, from some from stupid things, and we won't go there. <laughs> but, but, and some from just work, you know. And the thing is that men were meant to work. Women were meant to nurture. And there was a way that that was all supposed to work, and that we would love our wives, that we would go out and, like my dad. <laughs> he loved us so much, he worked two jobs. So my mom didn't have to. And there's a sacrifice there. But he did it willingly, out of love. Now, I don't remember my dad ever using the word love a lot. He just didn't. He, But he did it by showing, by doing. And mom, on the other hand, she spoke of love, but then she raised the children. So she raised my sister and I, I had to do more work on my sister, but she raised my my sister and I, and we always had somebody, when we came home from school, we came home to my mom. And then my dad would show up, we'd have supper together, and he'd go off to his second job. And that's one of the things I learned to do about working. Uh, when I was working, I worked for the ambulance company while I was working for Gates Rubber Company. And then when I was working at ExxonMobil, I was picking up every bit of overtime I could because I always thought, you know, more money for the family. I come to find out the family's like, we wish you'd spent more time with us. <laughs> but the thing is that there's a nurturing and there is a working. And so often we've got this thing, In the economy today. A lot of people say, "Well, how do you expect to work or get by if you both aren't working?" You know. Well, how? Sometimes you work two jobs. <laughs> you know, but that's that's just an aside. But it just we have to understand that peace that comes out of Thanksgiving is that I come to this place that I am thankful for my wife to stay at home with the kids. I am thankful that God gave me good jobs that I could work, and she didn't have to. And I, there's peace in that. You know what I mean? There's just peace in knowing where places, things, or people are supposed to be in their places. And you raise people that way. And then when you run out of peace is when you start running out of your, excuse me, out of your place. Now, I'm not picking any wives for working or guys for not working, but there is spiritual, scriptural balance to things. And there's things that a person has to look at. So, William A. Ward, um, I quoted him last week, he states that there are three enemies to personal peace. And I thought these were pretty good. Number one is regret over yesterday's mistakes. Number two is anxiety over tomorrow's problems. And number three is ingratitude for today's blessings, a lack of thankfulness. So, how do we defeat these enemies? Well, let's go to Philippians 3 13 and 14. This is number one regret over yesterday's mistakes. And he says in Philippians 13, he says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto the things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in, of God in Christ Jesus. Let's go to 1 John 1, nine. We all heard this one. This is this is kind of our go to scripture when we screw up all day long. (laughs) If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I'm thankful that God has given us a way out. He gives us a way out. And he gives it to us in his scriptures. Why am I worried about the mistakes I made? I'll tell you, sometimes the devil comes up and it just, I, I don't know if it's the devil or it's just something in my head, but all of a sudden something pops up about some stupid thing I did 20 years ago that makes no difference for today, and it's just there. And you're like, where did that come from? We well, have a pretty good idea where it comes from, but it just it's just, why? And you—and you, and for a minute there, you're just kind of riled up about, man, I should have done this and I should have done that, but then you're like, it's over. I've been forgiven, and I forget those things which lay behind, and I press forward. So number two, anxiety over tomorrow's problems. Let's go to Matthew 6, verses 30 through 34. In verse 30, he says, But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive and green, and tomorrow is tossed in the furnace, will he not much, much more surely clothe you, o little, you? I can speak. O you of little faith, therefore do not be worry or be anxious, saying, What are we going to have to eat? Or what are we going to have to drink? Or what are we going to wear? For the Gentiles, the heathen, wish for and crave and diligently seek all these things. And your heavenly Father knows well that you need them all. But seek, aim at, and strive after first all His kingdom and His righteousness, His way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given to you besides. Do not worry or be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have worries and anxieties of its own. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. God is so good. if we would just sit down and just think about what he has done for us and what he's given us. You know, we do... Well, we always make plans, right? I mean, we're humans, and we are designed to plan. God gave us imaginations. There's a reason he gave us imaginations. It's how we put a man on the moon. That's how we build things. We have imaginations, so we have plans that we do. And the thing is, too often, we get caught up in the planning with the idea that, what if it fails? What if I miss? What if I'm not there on time? What if? What if? What if? What if my kids don't do well enough in school? How are they going to take care of their education? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And God, remember, his name is I am, not I was, and not I will be. I am. He's here now. So what should we concentrate on now, today? And what should we concentrate on? We need to concentrate on being thankful. I you know, I, I think a lot of people are so anxious about tomorrow, what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to be on the next day, that they forget about today. Or they're so wrapped up in what happened yesterday that they forget about today. You know, one of the worst things <laughs> one of the worst things we can do is carry yesterday into today. We carry hurts and anger and bitterness. You know, when the scripture says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath, there's a reason for that. Let it go. Let it go. Because how can I say I forgive Luann if she did something yesterday and today I'm bringing it up again? How can there be peace in my house if I am thinking about what she did to me or what I perceive she did to me. It doesn't even actually have to be. I could just have a perception that, well, she has this thing about tone. Your tone. <laughs> I go, what? Your tone. What tone? <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, these things pop up, and there's sometimes that we don't. I I went, I I hate to admit this, but I went, good grief, I went a week one time just over some stupid thing. Stupid. And every day was an opportunity to be thankful for her and to be at peace with her. But I figured, I'll show her. (laughs) And she's like, what? (laughs) What? Nobody else in here has ever done that, I'm sure. <laughs> but it was such a silly thing. Why am I carrying trouble into today from yesterday? Why? You know, there's just, there's just this thing about us as people that we don't take the time in here to study these things about being thankful you know, if a thankful person is at peace, but an unthankful person is not at peace. Thankfulness. Thankfulness should make us humble. I had to I had to stretch myself about that a little bit, and I was remembering. Excuse me, the the um, Thanksgiving proclamation that that. Uh, Abraham Lincoln wrote out that the Senate asked him to do. And one of the things that I thought about that is that we, we don't get humble. I want you to think about this. So your Thanksgiving dinner this year, I mean, I don't know what you're all going to have, but you know, you're know, you probably going to have turkey, or you're probably going to have roast you're going to have pretty good dressing and side dishes, and, and your table's going to be pretty full of all these things. And, you know, the sad thing is a lot of us, we get like, we get like uh, that guy in the Scripture, the uh, uh, rich farmer that said, uh, huh, well, all these things I've got in my own hands, and I'm just going to enjoy the blessings thereof. And Yeah. And then we, we pray Father, thank you for the feast. Let's eat. You know, when he wrote that, there was a thing about humility. Humility about really understanding who provided the feast. Who gave us the ability to work? Who gave us the ability to cook? Who gave us the ability to think up these things? To make good menus? To pull family together? we need to get back to that we have and i I don't know obviously i don't know everybody's situation i i only know ours is that we need to pull the family together again and we need to be thankful for that pulling together and we need to be in that place of humility of saying you know this is a great feast we've got all this food we need to thank God who provided it. We need, to th- we need to thank God for being in this country. You know, I, I was looking up the um, Thanksgiving Day in Canada because they have theirs in October, and theirs is just a Thanksgiving for the harvest. It doesn't mention the Lord at all. They're just thankful for the harvest. But in America, when we have Thanksgiving, it was set aside by the president to seek God and understand his provision for us that we had been blessed mightily. See, we forget that. Thanksgiving Day should be that day where we truly remember what God has done for us. I mean, we have Veterans Day and all that stuff. You know, Thanksgiving Day, thinking about all those things that people have fought and died for, All those things that people have put their blood, sweat, and tears into. And if we did that, I think we'd be more at peace. So let's talk about Black Friday for a minute, (laughs) because that's going to be number three. (laughs) You know, I I understand business wanting to get that big bump at the end of the year. But, you know, Lou and I have only been out maybe two, three times to Black Friday, and it was for a specific thing, and then we got out of there. It wasn't to hang around. But the interesting thing is, when you walk into a place like the mall, there's this frantic just, and bags, and they're just, you know, they're almost just out of breath. And they're just in this, and I keep thinking, why don't we just take Thursday into Friday? just stay home? I mean, and enjoy the fellowship of family. I mean, I don't care if you sit around and watch a football game. I mean, I don't care. I mean, you know, whatever you want to do. But make it that time where it isn't the wife running off to go do all the shopping because look at all these sales and the guy saying, well, I need to get this for my wife for Christmas. Why don't we just, you know what? It's going to be there the next day. It's going to be there next week. Yeah, but it's a sale. Here's an interesting thing. <laughs> this, this, this came up because my son used to work for a company here in town. Um, and they, this is a major chain, and they, the guy that moved into the CEO spot, he decided that it made more sense to drop the price of everything To the coupon prices, and then not do any of the mailings of coupons. They about went broke. They could not see the value in not clipping the coupons. We get, there should have been, to me, there should have been peace in that. Oh, that's the price. I didn't have to dig through my purse or my wallet and find, you know, which coupon did I get my 50% off or my 20% off or what all. You say, what does that have to do with Thanksgiving and peace and all that? It has to do with there is this thing that we have in us to get a deal. Here's the price. Here's the price. Here's the price with the coupon. Couldn't see it. Sometimes that's how we are with the father. Price has been paid. Well, I don't know, Lord. Maybe maybe you didn't do enough. Maybe you No, I am thankful for everything he did. I am thankful for. I'm at peace with that. God so loves us. So let's talk about ingratitude for today's blessings. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. It says, be happy in your faith, 16 through 20, I'm sorry. Be happy in your faith and rejoice and be glad-hearted continually, always. Be unceasing in prayer, praying perseveringly, Thank God in everything. Excuse me. No matter what the circumstances may be, be thankful and give thanks. For this is the will of God, for you are in Christ Jesus the revealer and meditator of that will. Do not quench, suppress, or subdue the Holy Spirit. Do not spurn gifts and utterances of the prophets. Do not depreciate prophetic revelations nor despise inspired instruction or exhortation or warning. You know, we do sometimes despise the gifts of God for today. We forget about today. The blessings of, how many of you got up and your furnace was working? They say, well, that's that's a man-made furnace. Who gave man the idea to make the furnace? You know, in Russia, in the major cities, they have a central heating system. So the boiler is in downtown Moscow. Big boiler, a lot of water, pushes all that hot water out to all these apartments. Now, we, we have some friends, uh, Dana and Liz Nile. They are missionaries, and they were missionaries in Russia in a town called Omsk. They were on the outskirts of town. By the time that water got to them, it was barely lukewarm. And that's what they were heating their house with. Here in America, do you want air conditioning? Buy it. You want, you want a super-efficiency furnace? Buy it. How do you want to take care of your house? Buy it. We forget those things. We take them for granted. Taking things for granted is not being thankful. I, I sometimes, well, oftentimes, I take for granted I live in this country because I get in my car, I drive wherever I want to go, I go into whatever shop I want to go to, I don't know if you remember, but back in the, uh, when they were just starting to send out pictures from, from uh, Russia under the Iron Curtain, how people were waiting in line to get food, and you didn't go up there and say, I'd like that steak there. There was just somebody there, and they just cut off a slab of whatever and handed it to you. Bread. They lined up, and they got whatever bread was left. What do you do when you go to a grocery store in the United States? Oh my goodness, do I want white, wheat, rye? Do I want cinnamon swirl? How thankful are we for these things? I mean, this is just simple stuff. But how thankful for for these things are we? In this country, God ordained this country to be where it is. We need to be thankful enough to hang on to it. But we need to be thankful for these everyday things. I mean, you drive up and you get a tank of gas. Sometimes you have to take out a loan, but you get the tank of gas. (laughs) But you know, we, we can buy gas. Do you want Conoco? Do you want Exxon? Do you want Cenex? Who do you want? Who do you want to support? We have school choice. You know, we are such a rich country, and every day we get in our cars and we drive wherever we're going to go. We see whoever we're going to see. We come to this place to worship. We don't have to hide in a cave. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine getting into a cave and hoping, just hoping that nobody saw you guys gathering? and that there were police outside to pull you out. We don't even think about that. We take it for granted. I can go where I want to go. I can do what I want to do. I was looking at this verse of Scripture, verse 19, where it says, Do not quench, suppress, or subdue the Holy Spirit. How often do we do that every day? You know, we ask the Lord to lead us Right? In this day, Father God, this is the day you have made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. Lead me in it, Father. Oh, there's that little nudge. Yeah. Probably should help. Yeah. Every day we have this opportunity. Every day we'll let, we'll let that Holy Spirit speak to us, but will we listen? it says don't spurn the gifts and utterances of the prophets we sometimes do Ah. we become so self-centered at times we forget about what it means to be thankful and loving God and the people that he has set before us I mean okay so how many times I'm not asking for a show of hands but how many pray for the pastors daily you know who has more on their shoulders in this facility and the, and the job that God has given them than the pastors? All we have to do is be here. Bring it, Pastor. I'll bring somebody and you can get them saved. Well, by the way, Pastor, the toilets need cleaning. Well, by the way, Pastor... But during the weekend, we sat down and you know said, "Father, I just thank you for Pastor Sean and Heidi. I thank you for the, for what they're bringing to us. I thank you for giving them wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. I thank you that they're showing us how to live life in Christ. Every day, we have that opportunity, and do we take it?" You know, the Lord gave me this uh, to write in my Bible on Colossians 3.15. It says, my peace is not dependent on anything outside of me. Every day I have an opportunity to be thankful and be at peace. Every day I have an opportunity to serve God and be at peace. Every day I have an opportunity. And sometimes I feel like a wretched old man I just don't, Get real thankful about things. I take things for granted. You know, it's one of those, I know I bring Brenna up a lot, but you know, this is one of those things I take for granted the time I had with Brenna before she passed. That should have been, I mean, we weren't planning on her passing, but that time should have been a deeper time you know every day there's an opportunity to be a little deeper you know we have opportunities every day to be deeper with the lord and deeper with people and we just so much want to just pass over people i mean what are what are our conversations like anymore i mean when you when you meet somebody hey how you doing good to meet you yeah Oh, you do this? Okay, good. See you later. You know how guys are identified? We're identified by what we do as work. I was identified because I worked in a refinery. Miners, lumbermen, police officers, pastors. We get, but who are you? I mean, I I should be so thankful to know you that I should get to know you better. I should know you deeper, and I should allow you to know me deeper. Well, you may not like what you see. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm serious, you know. You may not like what you see. But the thing is, if I'm not open and transparent... How can we change? How can we know one another? Peace and thankfulness go so much together. Um, In 2 Timothy 3, I look back at my first week notes. 2 Timothy 3, 2, kind of, well, it's prophetic for today because he was speaking about how things were going to be before Jesus returned. It says, For people will be lovers of self and utterly self-centered, lovers of money and aroused by an inordinate, greedy desire for wealth, proud, arrogant, contentious boasters. They will be abusive, blasphemous, scoffing, disobedient to parents, excuse me, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. That's the world that's out there. But there's times that we can fall into that. I don't want you to know too much about me. I don't want to know too much about you. But I'll talk about you. Is there something about gossip there? (laughs) Is there peace in gossip? No. What it is is an attempt to try and get peace by thinking that I'm better than you so I can gossip about you and that way I feel I'm better. I love those prayer gossips. Hey, pastor, did you know? (laughs) Sounds real good. We're going to pray for him, right? No, I'm just gossiping. I, I I can be, and I'm just bringing this to myself, I can be pretty inward. Um, and when people are inward, there's not a lot going out. In other words, I'm not letting you know about me, about I'm not letting you know what I feel about the Lord. In other words, what the Lord's revealed to me. Because if I'm out there and I make a mistake, what are you going to think? Well, oh, he missed it. I need to be more, out. we need to be thankful and at peace with ourselves so we can be thankful and at peace with other people. God has made a way through his son Jesus Christ that we can be at peace with all men, which means that I can be open. I can share without fear of judgment and understanding that if I share something of my life, you can pray for me, you can minister to me, but it can't happen if I close up. That's fear. Thankfulness has no fear. It has peace. I want to be at peace. I want to be at peace with you. I want to be at peace with me, and especially I want to be at peace with my father. That's the most important thing. So I need to be thankful. And I need to think about those things that he has done. You know, it talks in the Old Testament about writing things down that you would remember. How many of us do that? I don't. I need to. I have this thing, I don't know what it is, I have this thing about writing things down. I don't know why. I need prayer. <laughs> <laughs> but to, I, I guess it's because I just, I want to make sure I use my head, but and remember things, but how many of us write down the blessings of yesterday to give us strength and peace for today and hope for tomorrow. Because he says the God that delivered you back here is the same God that is with you today and he's the God that is going to deliver you tomorrow. He hasn't changed. Who changes? We do. And we change... Our, we change it, honestly it is, we change in our degree of thankfulness. I mean, I can't tell you that every day I say, oh, thank you, God, for the car. Oh, thank you, God, for this. But you know, I have to have an attitude in me of thankfulness that I understand. I'm so thankful for my relationship with you folks. I am. You know, we're not having coffee every day and stuff like that, but I have a relationship with you folks. We are here, and a common goal to exalt Christ, to build his church, and by doing that we're building our church, but we're building his church. You know something we could be thankful for? We need a bigger building. (laughs) But you know, do we have a bigger building? Not right now. But are we thankful for the bigger building? Are we at peace for the bigger building? Are we thankful that the Lord is giving our pastors decisions about multiple services? I didn't hear a big amen there. <laughs> but are we thankful for that? Are we at peace with that? I mean, they sent out a survey, which one you're gonna would you be willing to work? Are you willing to help? Which one are you gonna attend? And that is all good. but... When, the, when it hits the ground, are we there or are we ready? See, being there and being ready means being thankful now. Being thankful now. You, th- you think about this. Pastor Joy's going to have to come up with extra worship people. I thank God for the extra worship people that are coming in because you're going to have these extra services. I thank God for Josh because he has to come up with the youth we need to be thankful today for what's going to happen tomorrow and we need to be thankful for what happened in the past that gives us hope for tomorrow we need to take his word and look in here you know when you look in here and, you, and I'm so thankful for the, the trials that the Israelites went through on the way to the first group to the promised land because I can see myself in there. These words that tell me to be careful. Don't be be griping and complaining because there isn't water when he provides it out of the rock. That same God of miracles is the same God that's with us today. There's peace in that. I'm thankful that, you know, he provided manna from heaven and quail He's the same God that provides my steak and potatoes today, or my hamburger, or my taco, whatever it is that I want. (laughs) I look at those things and I see how they were unthankful and griping. And I think, no, I don't want to be that. I want to be joyous and happy. I want to be thankful for everything God has done for me. I want to be thankful for everything God has done for this church. I want to be thankful for everything He's done for my neighbors. I need to be thankful. Because without thankfulness, I'm not going to be at peace. The joy of the Lord is my strength, but only if I'm thankful. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, that keeps my heart and mind in Christ Jesus, is mine. But only if I'm thankful. We've got to be thankful, folks, for the peace of God to move in our lives. Be thankful for what God has got coming here and where we're going next. Be thankful for it today. Don't look at it like, oh, what are we going to do? God knows. He's given our pastors direction. He's speaking to you. He's speaking to the board. Be thankful today for what's coming. Don't worry about it. Just be thankful for it and you'll have peace Father we thank you for your peace your peace which does pass all understanding and does keep our hearts and minds in your son Jesus we are so thankful Father God that you loved us first you loved us so that we could love others I'm just so thankful for that and it is so good it's so good to be at peace with you I'm so thankful that Jesus, in his death, burial, and resurrection, he brought us to peace with you. Oh, that is so good, Father. There is nothing better than that. The war is over. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.